Hello, my pumpkins. This is Chloe Taylor, and welcome to Authentic and Unapologetic. Here, we explore spirituality and psychology. It is my goal with this podcast to remind you that when you stand tall in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Good morning, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are doing well. I hope that November has treated you kindly, and if it hasn't or if it has, I feel like this is going to be the episode for you. So today we are going to be talking about spiritual self-care, and I do actually have a book that I will link down below for you as well that is... Basically that. It's a witch's book of self-care by Aaron Hiscock, I believe is the author's name. And I will link that because I feel like that is a book that just really goes into depth on spiritual self-care. And I feel like in tandem with this episode, that might be something. If you've enjoyed this episode after you listened to it, it might be a book that you are interested in learning more about. So uh, some of you recently asked on my Instagram tips for more spiritual self-care and what that looks like. And I feel like this is a really important thing to discuss because do you understand? I don't think anybody understands because nobody sees my DMs but me and my management team. So they might know as well, but there are so many beautiful, amazing individuals that will say things to me like, I'm a lazy witch, or I'm a bad witch, or I don't get into my spiritual practice as much. And they immediately put this judgment on themselves for not quote unquote practicing enough. And I'm here to tell you that that is a whole line of bullshit. And I don't know who, if this is you and you have done this or said this even to somebody else in your life, ask yourself who put that in your head that you have to be practicing any kind of spirituality consistently for it to be real. Because I feel like The only place I myself have heard that outside of hearing it from my peers is honestly like being in the Mormon faith or in like a Christian based faith that like your relationship with God doesn't work unless you work on it. And frankly, spirituality is so deeply personal, no matter what you're doing, what kind of faith you're invested in. It is such a deeply personal practice that there is no like that doesn't exist. Like that idea of being like a lazy witch or being somebody that isn't like spiritual because you are doubting your greatness by how little you practice or do spiritual things. So I want to say that first, because I also want to express that the stuff we're going to talk about today for spiritual self-care, if they feel like big asks of you, then you need to look at a different aspect of self-care for a little bit or focus more on bringing yourself back together so these things don't feel like a big ask. And also your spiritual self-care might look different than mine. It can look completely different than mine. It doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong or bad or not enough. I would say that for myself, I actually feel like my own personal self-care. Now, obviously, we all ebb and we all flow. And there are points where I feel like I'm extremely great at this. And there are times like right now where I feel like 
I have not been very good at this. And I think recording this episode is good for me because when I sit down to talk about these things, it reminds me too that I also should do some of this stuff because it feels good for me, which is the whole point. It's not about doing stuff a number of times. Does that make sense? I hope so. I hope that, that it's coming out clear. But the thing is, Spiritual self-care, my point is, is that you don't have to be doing these things every single day in order for you to have a spiritual self-care routine. This could be something that you do once a week, once a month, once a season. And I would encourage you to put some of these things into your practice or your life at least once a month if you are able to make that kind of space. But even if you don't, that's okay. I will be the first person to tell you I don't practice magic every single month. I don't. And that might come as a shock to some people, but I mean, maybe that's a lie because I also feel like so much of my life is rooted in magic that I don't even realize I'm doing it. (laughs) But when I'm talking about like magic in the sense of like something extremely ritual, I would say I do magical rituals like maybe twice a season. Like it's not something that I'm doing every single new moon or every single full moon or, you know, it's it's when I feel like the timing is called for it and when I feel called to do that work. Does it, like So in telling you all of that, you're not a lazy witch. You're not bad for not practicing more. And I don't know who out who out there needed to hear that today. But before I even talk about the witchy self-care, the spiritual self-care, I want you to stop judging yourself for doing less when you feel like you are overloaded, overworked, or overstimulated, or just overwhelmed, okay? Stop judging yourself so harshly for doing less because taking care of yourself, even if it is at a basic core level of just like making sure you ate today, that is going to always be more important. But when you feel like you are able to maybe step into some of these ideas on spiritual self-care, that's my whole point. So um, these are not in any particular order. I'm just going to share with you the things that I like to do for myself when I feel like I need a spiritual pick-me-up. So that book by Aaron Hiscock, the spiritual self-care book, fantastic. So many good ideas in there. And I feel like if you are somebody that is like newer to witchcraft, I mean, even if you're not, and it's a practice you've been in for a long time, I think that that book still has good ideas of things you could add to your own practices. But the first thing I really enjoy doing, and if you are a long-term subscriber of my YouTube channel, or you've been around for a while, you probably already know about this but intention candles. I am big on candle magic. I feel like candle magic is one of the easiest forms of magic that you can do for self-care or at any point in time. Like if your friend is really struggling, I personally always get the person's permission. I don't like to do magic for somebody without their permission, but I will always ask like, can I light a candle for you? Can I do spell work for you? Can I, you know, and I always want to be respectful of that yes or no. Uh, When I first became a witch, I asked one of my friends if I could do magic for her to assist her with something. And she actually said no. And I think it was also because she didn't really understand it at the time either. But also no is a complete sentence. And if that feels like it's imposing on somebody else, like, 
just take that no and don't do it. You know, unless you you practice your practice differently. That's just kind of my rule of thumb is I have to get permission. But for yourself, you just have to give yourself permission. So with an intention candle, there are so many ways in which to do this. But if I'm really going hard for something, I will choose different herbs, which I really love the Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by... Um, gosh, what is his name? Scott Cunningham, um, Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, one of the greatest reference books in witchcraft or in like metaphysical herb study that I feel like you could ever own in your collection. It's just one that I use for all of my personal spell crafting. It's a really great book and just a great source of reference. But the Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. Um, I'll choose corresponding herbs that go with the intentions I'm trying to set. And I'll usually use <clears throat> some of like, I have a ton of oils from the Witch's Moon, which I'll also link that down below for you too. Um, I have a ton of oils from the Witch's Moon that they used to send me monthly boxes and I would unbox them either on my YouTube channel or my Twitch channel. I don't work with them so much anymore, but they're still a really fun service to have. I'm not going to lie. I miss it sometimes. Um, but I usually use like one of their intention blends, or you can just use like olive oil if that's all you have. It doesn't have to be going out of your way to get all these tools. And then you can use birthday candles. You can use chime candles, which is what I usually like to use. Or you can use like big pillar candles. It's kind of all up to you. But you want to carve into this candle your intention, the things that you want to bring in, more passion for life, more excitement, more um, love or joy or purpose or connection with your spiritual team. Or maybe you're just feeling run down and you want to be able to rest and feel like you are allowed to have that rest. You can light an intention candle for this. And I highly encourage that you do it. But with these candles you basically would carve into them, anoint them with the oil and roll them in whatever mixture of herbs you're using and then light that baby up and let it burn all the way down. Don't, and if you have to put it out because you have to leave for any reason, you always want to snuff it out, not blow it out because usually the intention with blowing something like candles out is usually an intention of you don't want it anymore. It's like canceling it. So you always want to like snuff it out or my favorite, if you feel confident in doing it, I'm a little chaotic baby. So, um, that's on being a Sagittarius rising with a cancer Mars. I'm a little, I'm a little chaos baby, but, um, I'll like lick my fingers and put the wick out with my fingers. Um, it looks cool as hell and it makes you feel like a badass. but if you burn yourself or get wax everywhere, then, then it's less cool. And I say that from experience. So, um, you can also get like candle snuffers, things like that. So, um, intention candles are a great way to do spiritual self-care. You can do these at any point in the day. They don't have to be extremely ritual. You don't have to call the corners. You don't have to pray over this candle. You don't, you can, if that feels right, but there is nothing inherently that you have to do to make this work for you. The only thing is, is you do want it to burn out all the way on its own. This is why I usually recommend using a smaller candle versus like a big pillar, but do you? And, uh, then you can spend that time while it's burning down, just focusing your eyes and doing like candle meditation. That's a really great way to do it and to also rest. But 
Sometimes, I'm not going to lie, Gemini Moon over here, also ADHD, I don't have the attention span for that. Two hours of extreme focus. So I will often just let it burn down next to me. I'll make sure I stay in the room with the candle. And I think that that can be enough. Or just doing 20 minutes of candle flame gazing and then letting it burn next to you. You know, you do want to stay kind of in the room, I feel like, with the candle, not only for fire safety, but because I feel like being around the energy of what is being sent out into the universe is really important. So intention candles, great easy way to get more magic into your life and to practice self-care. The next thing is taking a bath of sorts. And this goes into like whatever you are wanting for yourself. Um, I love a goddess bath. I love a cleansing bath. Those are probably the two that I use the most. Um, cleansing baths, you're usually going to want to work with like black candles around the tub, maybe putting some black obsidian crystals in the tub. You definitely always want to use salt in the bath. Epsom salts are great if you have them. If you don't, you can sprinkle a little bit. I wouldn't go crazy, but I tend to use, um, pink Himalayan salts. Uh, because I like the property of love that comes with pink Himalayan salts. I use a lot of pink Himalayan salts in my cooking as well for that same reason. But basically just soaking in the tub with whatever you want to put in there. You can do herbs as well, oils, crystals, candles around the rim of the tub, however you want to go about this. The important thing is I would say definitely add salts, even if it's only a pinch or two. And go into that bath focusing on the intention of cleansing, of getting rid of the negative energy that has been stagnant or clinging onto you. And then you would basically sit in that bath until you feel like you're ready to come out. And the important part when taking a cleansing bath is to pull the plug on the bath, but stay there until all of the water has drained out. And the reason that you do it this way is because while that water is draining out, you want to envision that water taking all that negative energy with it and just going down the drain and away from you. So it's a very like visual practice or even just like affirming it to yourself as the water's draining. And that is your cleansing bath. A goddess bath for spiritual self-care. This is a little bit harder for me to explain to you. Not because I'm trying to gatekeep or do something that like, it's hard for me. And I've talked about this before. It's hard for me to explain magical practices at times because my practice is so solitary. And so I do what the fuck I want. I don't follow anybody's set of rules that my spell casting changes from like moment to moment. There is no, this is how I do it every single time. This is the foolproof method. It changes constantly. I use different herbs, different crystals, different ways of doing it. And with a goddess bath, usually what I will do, I often work with the goddess Aphrodite. I've worked with Aphrodite since before I could remember. She is definitely my deity. Um, and working with her, usually I will bring things into my bath that I can that resemble her or honor her. And taking a goddess bath, usually I will do this with Aphrodite when I feel like my body image or like my, my self-esteem around my body is low. 
I will hang out with my homegirl Aphrodite and we will have a beautiful deep meditation in the bath about body positivity and why every dimple curve and everything else is the most beautiful thing ever. And uh, like I said, I will bring items that resemble Aphrodite. Like water is already very symbolic itself, but seashells, rose petals, um, I'll burn rose scented incense at the same time. I'll bring in pink candles, uh, pearls, anything that resembles that goddess. I will bring those things either directly into the water or around the edge of the tub. I will ask for her guidance in this. We, I usually meditate in the bath as I'm doing this. And the last time I did one of these, it's been a long time, but the last time I did a, a goddess bath with Aphrodite, I'm not joking when I tell you I was like the hottest I've ever been in my adult life. And I don't know if that was just like my perception of myself being changed or actually physically changing. I feel like I, I physically changed because I have photos of this time period as well. And I want to say my first photo on my Instagram, if you scroll like all the way down on Chloe Taylor's Instagram, um, it's that first photo of me is one that like I had very recently done this goddess bath and I feel like I look like a different person. Like that photo has like color correction, obviously, but I feel like my face looks different. Like I just like, to me, that is like my most gorgeous vision of myself. And, um, yeah, it was just like wild how that happened. I also felt like after the fact I was taking better care of myself and I wasn't like shitting on myself so much. So totally fits under the realm of spiritual self-care in my opinion. Um, you don't have to go with Aphrodite. There are different deities, different goddesses, different gods for different things. Um, I would just encourage to always go where you feel led to go. Don't choose somebody because it is who somebody else you know has chosen. Choose them because it feels right for you and what your intentions are. Um, then I have down here, uh, I actually took notes for this episode. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, a spell jar. And I'm going to talk to you about the spell jar after a word from today's sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, so spell jars. I actually have an entire video on this, uh, how I make my spell jar. And they change once again because my magical practice changes literally spell to spell. There's never something that is just exactly identical. But the general consensus of how I do it, it's like a 40-minute video. I'm very thorough on what the heck I'm doing. And I would encourage you if you ever want to craft your own spells and you like the way that I do things, I would highly encourage you to go and check out that video because I feel like it really encompasses how I do things. And even if you altered it for yourself a little bit, like... That to me is like the general way of how I do that kind of magic. But spell jars 
if you can do these for anything, you can do these for protection, for self-love, for self-care, for rest, for better sleep. You can do tiny jars. You can do huge jars. It's really all about how you want to craft it together. But spell jars in my experience absolutely work. Um, I have had nothing but, well, there was one time I did not have success and it was actually, I think that is the only spell jar that I've ever made that did not work. And I actually did witchcraft virtually with a friend and this person's probably listening to my podcast too. That is the only spell jar that I have ever had to open and dump out because it didn't work. And also some of the things I asked for, I eventually decided I didn't want and I wanted to cancel it out. So um, that's so interesting how that worked out. But um, for the most part, I, other than that one time, I've always had spell jars work for me. And I also feel like something to be said, and I know I kind of said it in the beginning, that what works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Like, it has to be up to you what you decide. And I'm not saying that to keep you from wanting to make a spell jar. It doesn't mean that it won't work for you either. Like, it could very well work extremely well for you. I think it's all about your intention and your belief. And I honestly believe that spell jars really work. So for me, they work extremely well, except for that one time. (laughs) Um, But the point is, is with self-care, you can make one of these even just to be more proactively caring towards yourself. And they can be very tailored and specific to whatever your needs are. And you don't have to have a thousand ingredients to make them. Just getting a little glass jar, usually a candle so you can have some wax to drip over it to seal it. And you can even just fill a jar with cinnamon and be like, this is my passion jar. This is where my creativity, I'm channeling that with this jar, right? Like it doesn't have to be a bajillion different things in there. It's really, again, up to that, up to the practitioner and what you decide to do with it. So the next thing, and I have a link for this too, is the uh, tarot spread. This is not my tarot spread. I actually don't remember who created it, but I will post a link for you. And I think their handle or their tag is on the image. I will post an image link for you down below. The tarot spread for my own personal spiritual self-care that I use twice a month. And this is probably like the one part of my spiritual practice that I would say 99% of the time always gets done. Uh, I read my own tarot cards twice a month. And I usually read my tarot cards like pretty consistently during the day as well, like every day. But sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't feel like it. Uh, I will say I do feel like... I usually will do at least like a four card spread for my day every day. But when I want to know like what is coming up within the next moon cycle, I have a full moon spread that I usually do. And it's one of my favorite spreads of all time. And I find this to be very self-care involved as well, because I will sit down, do the whole spread, give myself this time to honor myself, because, you know, I usually am reading for other people. I'm not reading for myself. And so this I give to myself as a gift of making sure that I am connecting with myself and my cards and my spirituality and doing it just for me and not for anybody else. And with this, I just find that it's really like, especially if you're somebody who does read for your, for others, it's really important to still connect with you. And I would even encourage maybe keeping a deck that you don't use for clients and you only use that deck for yourself. 
I usually use the spread that I have posted down below. Uh, I usually use this spread, but I multiply the cards, meaning I do like an Oracle set plus a Rider Waite Smith set plus um, another Oracle deck. And I will do like a huge spread for myself twice a month on the new moon and on the full moon usually. And I find that to just be like a great way to connect with myself. It usually takes me like 45 minutes to an hour to read my cards like that and really study them and ponder them. And I think it's just a beautiful way of getting that spiritual self-care. Even if you only have like one deck for yourself and you don't feel like you're a super proficient reader, you can still do this spread and just use the book that came with your deck as you're learning. And the last spiritual self-care thing that I feel like I do that I would consider it innately spiritual personally, but maybe you wouldn't, is journaling. Um, I am a huge advocate of journaling. I definitely have been through dry periods where I haven't written for months and months and months at a time. But from a really young age, like I think I got my first journal at like nine years old, eight years old, somewhere in there. As soon as I could write, I have journals from that time period. And I used to fill two journals a year, like minimum, especially in my high school years. I think there was one year where I filled like three or four journals in one year because I would just write so much. And it really helped me through a lot of the harder moments of my life. And it's also like this thing that you do for yourself. You know, like it's something that for me, I, as you have heard in the podcast in previous episodes, I've been doing the artist's way, which is committing to three pages of writing every day. And it's a shitload of writing. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. It's a lot, but it has been such a good source of personal self-care for me. It has been such a good way for me to get things off my chest and to allow myself the space to really just analyze things more. And it it feels very self-care involved because of that. It feels very like it just, it's like a different way of viewing your life and your circumstances. And I don't know what it is about writing things out, especially first thing in the morning, but it definitely does something like, and I don't, I don't even know how to explain the magic of it until you've done it yourself. But journaling has been huge. I've filled within the last like four weeks. I think I filled almost half of a journal with doing these three pages every day. And there are some days that I might miss here and there, but I have come to so many more conclusions about my life and my direction and where I'm going. And it has actually really helped me out of a lot of my like darker moments to come back to myself and give myself the space to write like that. So just a few things. And also, if you're interested, my Patreon, I know I don't talk about it too much on the podcast, but I have a Patreon where I do exclusive tarot card readings, but I also have started doing monthly printables with journal prompts. So if that's something that you're interested in journaling, things like that, definitely check out the Patreon. It's always linked down below, but that is what I have for you for spiritual self-care. I know this was kind of a shorter episode than most, but um, to be honest, I feel like this month and next month might kind of be that way until we head into January 
just because I literally like a, like, you know, I have just moved my entire life into a new space. I'm still getting used to my surroundings. I'm not somebody that likes change when it feels out of control and it takes me a very long time to get used to change. So I'm just being kind to myself, doing my own self-care. So I hope it's all right that we're having a little bit more brief meetings this month, uh, once a week, but um, I still wanted to get this episode out to you and talk to you about how important I believe self-care is and how you can integrate self-care and spirituality into the same boat. So I love you so much, pumpkin. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And I'll talk to you next week. 